0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: So if we become people that are filled with the spirit, yielded to the spirit, soaking in the word of God, and we got questions. God, I wanna know what your will is concerning this thing, and so I'm praying that you would lead me by your spirit. Give me clarity, give me a conviction, give me a peace. God will, by His Holy Spirit, do that. He will direct us. There'll be, and it'll be definitive. I can say many times in my life, there have been things that I've had to, God, I need to hear from you. I need definitive direction here. I don't know what the right call is.
0: God desires your dependence and obedience. If you dedicate yourself to seeking Him and His will for you, He will honor that. He doesn't speak in riddles or hide His will in some elaborate spiritual scavenger hunt for His personal entertainment. As Pastor Bill will explain in today's message, God reveals himself to those who seek him faithfully. If you're not hearing or seeing his will and direction for you, it's not because he's not speaking. It's usually because you're not listening or watching. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Nehemiah chapter 7 as he continues his message. I remember that.
1: Alcohol had to come off the menu for me because uh, I never drank you know, I know, so I know some people drink, you know, for a taste. I never drank for a taste. I drank. I always, my, my introduction to alcohol was getting drunk. And every time I ever drank alcohol, it was to get drunk. And if I didn't get drunk, I was disappointed in that alcohol. So for me, when I got saved, God said, leave that alone. That's off the menu for you all together. That's keeping my guard up. Um, they're just keeping myself safe from things. Um, I, I had a couple of things after I first got saved where I got into it with people. And and I was learning about myself, one, that I was prideful, um, two, that my mouth would get me into trouble. And so, um, you know, something that the Lord taught me was to be quiet, you know, to, to shut my mouth, um, in particular, arguing with men. So for those that know me, you know that I typically I will not have a verbal altercation with a man. Uh, if I can yell at you, I probably am in the flesh and could also punch you. And so for me. I keep my mouth shut. That's a guard. That's me keeping my guard up because I got lots of weaknesses. Nehemiah said, we got to keep the guard up because we got enemies coming and we want to be careful. Um, Anybody that's ever been to my house, I have big dogs. Uh, I've always had big dogs. At my old house, we had a German shepherd that would, he would jump on top of the fence whenever people came by and poke his head over the fence and scare people that were going by. I like that. I wanted people to know that there was a big dog in my yard so that nobody would break in, nobody would jump my fence. Uh, In my house now, we got big dogs. and everybody comes up to my driveway, they pounce the gate and they bang the gate and they let people know that there's a big raging animal back here. You don't want none. And so um, they're guarding the gate. Um, In this sense here, Nehemiah has men that are watching. They're on guard because um, there are many adversaries. And if, if they come and see the wall's not vacant. There are guards here. It's a deterrent. It's something that will cause them to rethink it. They're, it's not going to be an easy play. They have people set up ready to go to battle, and it's a constant thing. 24-7, there were men guarding the gate. Guarding is important um, for us because uh, while we've had some victories, we got to keep our guard up. And again, I would, I would encourage you guys, maybe you've had victory in your walk with the Lord, and God's brought you out of this and brought you out, brought you out of that. You want to keep your guard up. You don't want to let your guard down. You don't want to you don't want to let your guard down and fall prey to something that God delivered you from or fall in an area where you had previously had some victory. Keep your guard up uh, that you wouldn't fall victim to some old device, some old issue, maybe even an old person. And so moving on, look at verses four, four and five. It says now the city was large and spacious, but the people in it were few. And the houses were not rebuilt. And so if you guys remember, when they came back into the land, everybody didn't come. There was a small percentage of the Jews that when they were able to come back home, there was only a small percentage that were willing to come. It was sad. And so now they're back into their their homeland. And it says the city was large and spacious, but the people in it were few. And so there there was room for many more to come home. It says, and their houses were not rebuilt. And so verse five says, then my God put it into my heart to gather uh, to gather together the nobles, the rulers and the peoples that they might be registered by genealogy. And I found a register of the genealogy of those who had come up in the first return and found written in it. Let me stop there. So as Nehemiah is realizing that while wow, there's all this area, he says, well, let's first get a register. Let's figure out who came home, who participated in the work. We're going to start there. And he does a registry. Now, I'm going to tell you up front, verses seven through 60 are a very elaborate genealogy of. And God is listing out every family's household that participated in the work. How many of them participated from this guy's house? How many participated from this guy's family? And so I'm not going to read through all those names and butcher all those names for you guys. But I want to make this point, and we'll, we'll, we'll make it in, in a few different ways. One, God saw, enough, God saw fit to remember them, to list what they had done, and he doesn't just list them here in the book of Nehemiah. This exact same genealogy and listing is also in Ezra chapter 2. So twice God remembers them, God records what they did, and he Broadcasted for everybody. God put that in his living word for everybody to know. If you guys remember earlier, there was one group of people that didn't put their hand to the work and God wrote that down. That was the nobles. For you guys to remember that they didn't, everybody else was team working and the nobles wouldn't get busy. They wouldn't put their hand to the work. And so they're listed for eternity in the word of God as those who didn't put their hands to the work. However, this group here, is listed forever as those that put their hands to do God's work. And so, again, I titled the chapter, I'll Remember That. And it's a reminder to me and to you that God remembers what we do in his name. God remembers the work that we do on his behalf. If nobody else records it and remembers it and broadcasts it, God says, I saw it. Everything that you've done in my name for my glory, for my purpose, I saw it. I remember it. I record it, and we know in New Testament God's going to reward it. Uh, there's there's a day coming where we'll sit at something called the bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, where God will take our works and they'll be judged. They'll be they'll be they'll be judged. They'll, they'll they'll be tested by fire, and those things that were done in faith and obedience will be rewarded. There'll be things that you know for y'all that are doing good things for the wrong reason. God said that stuff will be wood hay, wood, hay and stubble. It'll burn up. So for y'all that are listening and say, man, I'm, I, you know, everybody's probably guilty of this, doing a good thing with a bad motive. Maybe did a nice thing. Maybe some of you guys did a nice charitable thing so that that girl would see and be like, oh, he's so nice or whatever. You know, God, God would look at that. That'll be wood, hand stubble. You ain't getting no reward for that. But the things that we genuinely do for the glory of God, they're rewardable in, in, in the future. And so God does remember all the things that we do. If you're a note taker, I'd like you to write down Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses 24 and 25. In Colossians 3, 24 and 25, it says this, knowing, I'm sorry, 23 and 24. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. He said, look, everything that you do, do it for the Lord. Do it with all your heart. Bring it. Be passionate. Do with everything that you have, knowing that from the Lord, you're going to receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. And so here God is going to number and list the people that serve. I'm not going to read through this list. Verse six, and then we're going to skip down. Verse six says, these are the people of the province who came back from the captivity of those who have been carried away whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away and who returned to Jerusalem and Judah, everyone to his city. And so God is saying, these are the people that after the after the time of being carried away by by Nebuchadnezzar, these are the people that came back into the city. Um, And now he begins to list all the names and all the people. And again, I'm going to skip seven through 60. If you're interested in all the names, I invite you to take the next day and read through them at your own pace. Um, But I'm not going to do that tonight. I'm going to pick up at verse 61. At 61, everybody pick up there with me. It says, And these were the ones who came up from Tel Malay, Tel Harsha, Cherub, Adon, and Emmer, but they could not identify their father's house nor their lineage. Rather, they were of Israel, the sons of Deliah, the sons of Tobiah, the sons of uh, Nekoda, 642. Now look at verse 63. And of the priest, the sons of Habiah, the sons of Kos, the sons of Brazili, who took a wife of the daughters of Brazili, the Gileadite, and was called by their name. Now it says, verse 64 these sought their listing among those who were registered by genealogy, but it was not found. Therefore, they were excluded from the priesthood as defiled. So here's what's happening here. Uh, and I want you to imagine these people have been taken away captive by Nebuchadnezzar. And so um, they've been there for 70 or so years. They they finally were able to come back. We don't know the ages of everybody when they left. But as they came back home, some of them aren't able to, in a definitive way, uh, they're not able to say where they came from. And... I would liken it to African slavery. And so for those that were taken away from Africa and they were brought to America and they served, they were slaves in this land. Many times people came and they don't they're not able to look back and say I came from here. Families were split up. People didn't know their birth dates. They don't know their last names. They were given names that were not their own names. And so, you know, my dad was was searching out, you know, trying to find where he came from and It wasn't Ancestry.com. It was another one of these sites where it'll find out what tribe, you know, uh, you came from. So my dad did it and he actually found out what tribe and where and how much of this, that, because there's all kinds of stuff in us, you know, so there was quite a bit of Caucasian in us, uh, we found, and some African and some other stuff. So, but but that was his way of trying to find out where, where did I come from? You know, what tribe, where? And, you know, he found out as much as you can find out through those things. Well, in this day, some of these people were saying, look, we're we're under the impression that we're from a family that we're priests and we're called to be priests. Well, that had to be vetted out. It had to be proven for them to be priests. Um, And until it could be proven, it says that they were excluded in verse 64 from the priesthood as defiled. And the governor said to them that they should not eat of the most holy things till a priest could consult with the Urim and the Thummim. Now, I was battling over that earlier. Like, why were they treated as defiled? You know, they're just trying to figure out who they are. But the ideal is this. Everybody is considered defiled in terms of the priesthood. Nobody could eat the holy food. No one could eat the showbread. No one could eat the things that were set apart for the priesthood except for the priesthood. And so um, it was just saying, look, until we can prove that you guys are a priest, uh, that that's actually the case. You guys are not able to partake of the privileges and benefits of being a priest. Uh, the priests didn't work a regular job. They full time served the Lord. And so their provisions were as people gave in worship, the priests were given a provision. So were the Levites so that their needs were met and that they could focus on serving God in the temple and doing the things that God wants done there. Now, here's something interesting. It says that they were going to consult with the priest, with the Urim and the Thummim. The priests had in their blessed plate. they had this thing called the Urim and the Thummim, and it was something that they could use to discern the will of God. And so they would be able to get a definitive answer from God. Are these men priests or not? Are they from this lineage or not? The priests would seek the Lord and God would give him an answer. Some believe that in this sack there was a, a white and a black stone, and if the answer was yes, it'd be the white stone. If the answer was black, it'd, uh, no, it'd be the black one. However, it worked. The priests were able to give definitive answers. And so the people in that time, when they needed to seek the Lord for a definitive answer, they would go to the priests. The priest would go to the Lord, and the Lord would give definitive answer, and the priest would respond to the people. The priest was a really specific. It was a really important place because he went before the people, he went before God on behalf of the people. He went before the people on behalf of God. The priest was the go-between. He was in between the people and God. Very important role that he played. Now, our high priest is Jesus. And he went before the Father on our behalf and so forth. So Jesus connects us. Jesus bridges the gap we no longer have a priesthood, and so you might read this and think, "I want something definitive like that. I want an answer, like I want an erm and the thum like that." And God has given us something greater. God has placed within every believer the person of the Holy Spirit. Everyone that has believed in Jesus has the Holy Spirit alive inside them. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not a thing. It's not an essence. It's not a feeling. It is the third person of the Trinity. There's God the Father, God the Son. God, the Holy Spirit is on board. And if you can get the clutter out, God says, Look, I'll lead you by my spirit. One of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to guide you into all truth. And so, if we become people that are filled with the Spirit, yielded to the Spirit, soaking in the Word of God, and we got questions, God, I want to know what your will is concerning this thing. And so, I'm praying that you would lead me by your spirit. Give me clarity, give me a conviction, give me a peace. God will, by his Holy Spirit, do that. He will direct us. There'll be, and it'll be definitive. I can say many times in my life, there have been things that I've had to, God, I need to hear from you. I need definitive direction here. I don't know what the right call is. And by his spirit, through his word, God will make things clear. We don't have a priesthood like they had. Now we have Jesus is our high priest, a better high priest even, because he won't die and he he ever lives to make intercession for us. Um, now look at verse 66. It says, "Altogether, the whole assembly was 42,360, besides their male and female servants of whom there were 7,337, and they had 245 men and women singers. And so lots of singers, lots of worship, lots of servants, verse 68 their horses were 736 their mules 245 their camels 435 and donkeys 6720 god's just listing out uh these are their possessions this is this is how they how far they've come up to this point they got singers servants they got animals of burden animals to work um this is what they had going so far verse 70 now, and again, God is still remembering what the people did. Um, again, I titled it, I'll Remember That. Look at verse 70. God is remembering what people did. Verse 70, it says, And some of the heads of the father's houses gave to the work. And I, I want you to just, I want, just pause some. Some of the heads of the father's houses gave to the work. And God knows who they are, and God knows who did, and God knows who didn't, but He says, Some of them gave to the work. The governor gave to the treasury, 1,000 gold dramas, 50 basins, and 530 priestly garments. So they gave money. They gave um, they gave material things. They even gave clothes for the priests um, because they had to wear certain garments. It had to be made of certain material. They couldn't just wear anything. And so some of the people in their provision provided clothing for the priests. Verse 71, again, some of the heads of the father's houses gave to the treasury of the work 20,000 gold dramas and uh, 2,200 silver minas. uh, Verse 72, and that which the rest of the people gave was 20,000 gold dramas, 2,000 silver minas and 67 priestly garments. I just want to know here, God kept a record of, he kept a record of who gave what. Some gave this, some gave this, some gave that. God kept a record. Uh, God keeps a record of what we do, right? Believers should be, Charitable and generous. If we're blessed and we have, and we find someone in need, the Bible says that when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. We should always count it a privilege and a blessing if we're in the blessed position to help someone in need. We should be faithful in our giving to the work of God. I will say this: at this time, um, churches aren't able to gather. Things are not the same as they have always been. And so more than ever, this will be a time when uh, those that are part of whatever church you are part of um, be faithful in this time. Be faithful to give, even though you can't gather that whenever this thing lifts, that that things will still be functioning at your church. Everything will still be able to to go forth. Um, We want to be faithful in our giving to the work of God um, not just of our resources, but also we saw here people gave of their service, they gave of their time, they gave of their talents. But here God is listing those that gave of their resources and he kept a record of it. Verse 73 now, it says, so the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, some of the people, the Nethanim, the Nethanim are temple servants and all Israel dwelt in their cities. And so the chapter ends with, All the different roles, right? The priests, these are those that served in the temple, that went before God on behalf of the people, went before the people on behalf of God, offered sacrifices, um, sought the Lord. That was an important role in Israel. The Levites, they did the practical things in the temple so that the priests could focus on the spiritual things that the, the Levites would keep the, the implements of the temple clean and functioning and the working so that the priests could function on their job. And so everybody had their role. The Levites are doing their part. The gatekeepers, these are those that were guarding. They were up at night, they were up during the day. They were there keeping the walls safe so the enemy couldn't just get in whenever he wanted to. They were important. The singers. Those that were leading in the praises of God, they were singing for the Lord, leading others in song. They were an important part of the work of God. And they're listed here. Something This just says some of the people. We don't know what they were doing, but they were there and they were helping out. There's just some of the people. Then it says the Nethanim. These are temple servants. Those, again, that were helping out with things around the temple. And all Israel dwelt in their cities. And so people are back home. They're back in their cities. Now, I want to skip, I won't skip ahead till next week, but now that they're home, the walls are built, things are protected, things are getting back into order. We're going to see tomorrow next week in chapter eight that the first thing that God does, now that everybody's back where they belong, they've been away from the word for a long time. They've been away from the law of God. They don't even know how far from God they have gotten because they've been away from his word. And so next week, God is going to bring them back. Before the word of God. And it's gonna create revival, brokenness, surrender, repentance, all the things that God's word will do when his people soak it in. And so I'll invite you to join us back next week. But as we close today, I'll remind us of a couple of things. Number one, God remembers, He remembers your service, He remembers your sacrifice, uh, He remembers the things that you do for Him and for His glory. And he will—he records them, he remembers them, he rewards them later. And so I want to encourage those that are serving the Lord, be faithful. I encourage any, any pastor friends that are watching this, at a time like this, it's a unique time for us as pastors, but be faithful. Be faithful to the Lord in this season. Uh, God sees what we're doing, he sees what you're doing, he sees what you're, what you're trying to do, just be faithful uh, in all that God has given for you to do. Next thing is this, as we saw everybody have their part, Everybody had a a, a part to play in the work. And there were different parts, different types of people used. Uh, Again, I I would challenge everybody here to find your part. Uh, Don't be content to observe the work of God as a bystander. Uh, Every Christian should be a part of the work of God in some way, shape, or form. And so if you're sitting watching and saying, you know what, I I, got to get my feet going I'm gonna, we're going to close in prayer, and I'm going to pray that for those that are, that are, that are wondering what to do, that God, would, that God would spark something in your heart tonight, give you a direction, something to do, something you can do for him. And I'll, I'll give this hint. If you have no clue what to do, find what needs to be done and just do that. Um, when, I, when I felt called to be a pastor, but I wasn't in position to be a pastor at the church I was at, there was a need for a guy in a lunchroom. I did that. Then there there arose an opportunity to go on a mission trip, and I did that. On that trip, I got to teach, and and everything kind of steamrolled from that place. Just do what's available. Do what's needed, and let the Lord direct you to what, what you're gifted to do and flourish in those things. But find something to do and do it, because the Lord remembers. He's watching. And again, imagine that you were alive at this time, and you were in the company of these people Imagine how sad it would be to hear this red, but your family's house, not red. You guys are just chilling on, y'all been at the beach while everybody else was working. You haven't been a part of the work. Don't be that people, don't be that family. Make sure you are part of what God is doing in every season.
0: You've been listening to a transforming word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of Nehemiah is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit calvaryinglewood.org and click on media or you can download our mobile app to listen to more teachings. You'll find a link on our website. You can also search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. We'd love for you to join us for church this weekend too. Look on our website for the latest times and location for services. We are a group of people who love to learn from God's word and be together as a family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. As we look into the book of Nehemiah, keep in mind how this applies to you in your life right now. Nehemiah was an example of one man who had a huge impact on the nation of Israel. You may feel insignificant at the moment, but know that God can use you for his purposes in ways that you might not foresee. His way of leading and empowering others is something you can strive for in your spheres of influence. Never discount the things that God wants to teach you through his word. If you have felt the blessing of this ministry in your life, we'd love for you to partner with us in praying for those who would hear a transforming word. Many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. What an opportunity we have to share the good news of Jesus and his salvation. That's all the time we have for today. But thanks for tuning in to A Transforming Word.